Now, it's time for the Cybersecurity News Bite with Jim Guckin. Cybersecurity News Bite episode number 73 for October 30th, 2023. A zero-day found in Roundcube webmail. Octo Tempest adds a new tactic to social engineering. Lockbit ransomware gang claims to have hacked Boeing and ducktail spread via compromised LinkedIn profiles. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Jim Guckin, your mostly incomprehensible host, because I talk so fast sometimes that my brain isn't keeping up with what my mouth is saying. Uh, but here are the news stories I think you kind of need to pay attention to in this upcoming week. First on the news block, per se, uh, is a zero day that was found by ESET, um, ESET, I always say ESET, but I, I never know for sure, uh, ESET security researcher Matthew Fowl, um, and this vulnerability is being used by the Winter Vivern uh, ATP group. They're also known, depending on who you go to for information. Uh, they are also known as TA-473 and UAC-0114. Both are very just easy off the top names, remember. But this is the world of cybersecurity, and this is how we track uh, threat actors. Now, why there's no... And I could not find I tried to look. There is no um, definitive place that this threat actor um, works out of. Let's just say everyone said the same thing, where their goals align with Belarus and Russia. I'm not sure if they're based in either of those. Their goals just seem to align with those. And this specific attack goes after the round cube webmail. Now, if you are a big business, this doesn't usually affect you. But if you have your own hosting site or, you know, one of those big, um, you know, hosting platforms out there, any of them, there's thousands of places you can uh, design your own website and throw it up. If they give you email access, more likely than not, Roundcube may be one of the uh, softwares they offer. It's very popular in that space. Uh, early in my career, uh, for all the different iterations of websites I've had, most of them uh, either used Roundcube or had Roundcube as a option. And so this group, Winter Vibern, um, previously used a CVE to go after uh, this uh, CVE 2020-35-730, meaning it's, it's three years old. Uh, they were using that tactic in August and September, and now they found this new zero-day vulnerability, which is being tracked as uh, CVE 2023-5631. Now, we always go over here, the CVSS score, which is how... Um, how serious the vulnerability is. And this one only ranks at a 5.4 out of 10. Though it is very genius because um, it's a cross-site a cross scripting uh, flaw in the coding, which allows the attacker to load arbitrary JavaScript code. Now, I should say, the reason I'm talking about this is because as of October 16th, so uh, a couple weeks back, there has been a fix that was applied via update. So if you manually control your round cube uh, instance, make sure you get that update as quick as possible. And I'll explain why. Because what the attackers are doing is all they have to do is send you a phishing email. 
with a payload encoded in base 64 in the HTML source of the email. Now that base 64 will decode itself into a JavaScript injection from a remote server using this cross uh, site scripting flaw and run. Now the problem is you don't need to interact with this flaw, the zero day. You just need to view the message. So one, I'm going to highly recommend that you probably turn up your spam filter or whatever you have that to, to reject things Two, be cautious on opening emails that you may not be familiar with, especially if you're using the round cube webmail interface. And, you know, I don't know if there's a setting, but I'm assuming there's a setting to turn into just rich, rich text only. So you're not actually displaying the HTML code that probably should protect you from that. But the number one thing is please make sure that you have a version of round cube that has gotten this patch from October 16th, uh, because that's a really important thing. And as I said, the reason I mentioned is because there's a lot of websites that use this, uh, webmail portion. And because there's no interaction, all you have to do is open the email. Uh, it's dangerous, but as I said, the CVSS score has it kind of in the middle, but it's, this is an attack that I might be able to see some people not updating and possibly being something that we see later on down the line. Um, because you, you very rarely think about updating your applications in your website or the uh, underlying code in which they are structured and sometimes that can cause issues um but i recommend that you try this out make sure that it works and get yourself updated so that you're not falling you know victim to this very simple very non-interactive uh vulnerability and make sure that you're updated and, and you know i know this is just round cube but this is good for any piece of software you have make sure you keep it up to date make sure you're checking monthly you know, to, to make sure that you have all the security updates there or whatever you need. Um, and make sure you keep an eye out for vulnerability, set some tags for like a Google alert so that, you know, if a severe vulnerability like this comes out, then you can do something to protect yourself. For our second story, I want to talk about, well, the group called Octo Tempest, which like the last story and like every story from here on out, anytime I talk about a group, I have to mention every, they're also known as like 800 different things. So Octo Tempest is what, you know, this story calls them. They're also called uh, uh, Octopus with a zero rather than an O, Scattered Spider uh, and UNC3944. And they've been active a little over a year since early 2022. And they were initially targeting telecoms and outsourcing companies using SIM swap attacks. And you might go, well, that's, you know, they sound familiar maybe, or, or, or that's great. That doesn't impact me. Well, you might also know them from the very recent MGM and Caesars attacks, which we didn't talk on the show because everyone and their mother talked about those attacks. But Microsoft's incident response and threat intelligence team has recently put them out as one of the most dangerous financial cyber, cyber criminal groups out there. Uh, and this is because at mid this year, mid 2023, they partnered with uh, Black Cat Ransomware Group or Alpha uh, and they shifted from their SIM swap attacks to extortion using stolen data. And 
that's what makes them diff them dangerous. That, and they also speak clear and understandable English. Better than me, probably. Uh, and that's what makes them dangerous, because when they do their phishing techniques, uh, or they try to um, social engineer passwords out of people, they, they sound like you would expect. They don't sound like hackers would with broken English and stuff like that. Like, we have in our head, but that's not necessarily the real story all the time. This is groups that speak perfect English. But anyway, a cybersecurity company called Critical Start um, and the senior manager of their cyber threat research of Critical Start, Callie Gunther, um, said that Octotempest affiliation with the Russian-speaking Black Cat group signifies an unprecedented fusion of resources, technical tools, and refined ransomware attacks. So this group that was just kind of doing small things partners up with the Black Cat group and now their potential to do damage is a lot more. And we've seen that from the MGM and the Caesars attacks. And that's what makes them dangerous is they speak English so they can have conversations with you easy rather than some uh, European gangs, which previously kind of limited where they had access to because they could, you had to speak the language of the person you're trying to extort money from. Now you can probably use a translation service, but if you're speaking to them, um, you need to be fluent in the in the language to make sure that there are no problems. Uh, now, Callie Gunther um, also said that they're now unafraid to resort to outright physical threats, showcasing a concerning escalation in tactics. And this line is what made me pick this story. Because we've talked about how malicious actors out there are trying to find out the next step in extortion. You know, there was ransomware, but if you had a backup, well, that was it. So then it's ransomware and exfiltration of the data. You pull the data out of the environment and then you, you threaten to release it. We've talked about, you know, how some have gone to the next level of DDoSing companies. We have talked about uh, a group, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, that was going to call the patients of the hospital who got ransomwired. And now here's another kind of uh, added thing to the, to the pressure they want to put on you, which is just beating you up, like physically threatening you. Now, as of right now, there has been no signs that they've actually hurt or injured anybody, but you know, it's, it's not un thinkable that they may go that far. I mean, if you're attacking someone as big uh, as MGM and Caesars, um, then I would like to imagine that you, there's, you know, to keep that money flowing in, there's going to be no level you're not going to cross. Now, I don't know what other tactic out of ransom wearing and exfilling the data is going to do. I said there's a lot of people trying different tactics. The DDoS, as I said, you know, since a lot of sites are hosted outside, they're not really as effective and if you have a company's data, I don't know what I would do. And, and this is being honest with you, because I don't know what I would do if someone called me and said, hey, I have your data. I know where you live. I'm going to beat you up or come after your family if you don't pay up. That's a scary place to be in. And the fact that this is kind of in their wheelhouse is starting to become a little scary. 
But it goes to show you that, that, that just like business, they will keep trying different tactics to figure out what's going to work. Now, I want to say that uh, there is a uh, cybersecurity evangelist at Delinea named Tony uh, Goudling who agrees. He said, being native English speakers, they can more effectively launch wide-ranging social engineering campaigns compared to Black Cat. And because they can make, you know, these uh, English uh, threats, they can be dangerous. So it's not the world that I want things to be. I'd rather take something a little more um, virtual than physical. Um, but, you know, as I said, as, as companies continue to stand on their two feet and continue to, you know, better defend themselves company uh, hackers have to m go more outlandish methods to make you pay because if you're not going to if you're if you the encryption is not going to make you pay and the leaking of the data is not going to make you pay and the ddos is not going to make you pay you know you have a strictly no negotiation policy um and you know as i said most people's insurance companies are have a number they're willing to pay um then this can be kind of scary Hopefully this stops and nothing really comes out of it and these are just threats, but something you have to be aware of in today's cyber criminal marketplace. It's not a good one, but it's an option they may use or you may see come up. Um, this is just one of those things where, you know, they have to get a little more bold. And where does that end? Is it just a threat or, 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 or do they try to take out on that i don't think we'll know for a while I, I i just worry about that and this is something you know i i don't want you to worry about but just keep in the back of your mind because this is what it's come to today for our third story hopefully i mean it's bad but it's slightly more uplifting i mean i can top that last story uh that was a downer note uh maybe i i don't know if i should have started or end it with it if it would be any better but anyway uh, let's talk about our favorite group that keeps popping up in the news, the LockBit Ransomware Group. On October 27th, so only a couple days ago, uh, they added Boeing to its victim list on its leaks website. And I'm going to caveat this here because we've talked about this many times uh, on the show. Different ransomware groups, but always the same kind of theme, which is they claim they have a big company's data. And then as it's leaked, there are... Um, some notions that it's not the company itself, it's some subcontractor or someone who had access to that data who's not the company. Um, so this is kind of on that uh, level. So LockBit's claiming that they've hacked uh, Boeing, big company. Claims they've stolen a huge amount of sensitive data. And why they haven't done yet, they are threatening to publish the data. But what I think is interesting is usually when this happens, usually, you know, they hack the data, they send out just a little bit of the sample, like a small percentage, just to prove to the company that we have hacked you. And that this is the data we have, and this makes it usually a little more to, to pay, you know, a little more incentive to pay. But I think it's funny, because I said, they did not release the samples of the data yet. And their quote on their website, or their, I think this was their Twitter, X Twitter, uh, a tremendous amount of sensitive data was exfiltrated and ready to be published. If Boeing do not contact within the deadline for now, we will keep 
or we, I'm sorry, it's not great English. For now, we will not send lists or samples to protect the company, but we will not keep it like that until after, until the deadline. So they're saying, like, we have the data. It's very sensitive. We're not going to share samples because we, we want to be respectful, respectful, I think. Um, but if the company does not try to open negotiations with uh, Lockbit, they will release the data, or at least probably a sample of the data first, and then the full data after the deadline. And as I said, you know, this is something that we see all the time. In fact, I found a cybersecurity expert, Brett Callowell, who we've talked about on the show before. He's pointed out previously um, that companies that have been listed uh, have not always been the victims of it. Uh, there could be a vendor that was compromised and attributions are there. So, like I said, we, we've seen this on the show before. In fact, I believe there, it was a couple weeks ago we had um, another... What was oh Airbus? Airbus was um, was hacked, or at least claimed it was hacked. Uh, they showed the data. Airbus was like, "Yeah, this is not really the way the data is held in our systems." Um, so this is probably that same kind of thing where it's not necessarily the Boeing itself, but maybe a third party that has access to some of Boeing's data. I, I don't know. The, the story is still ongoing. In fact, uh, as we're recording this, I still don't have a, you know, was it leaked? Was, um, was there any kind of follow-up for this? It's just, hey, be aware that, you know, sometimes uh, uh, ransomware groups will announce they have a big name when they really have a smaller name, but that doesn't get the headlines. That doesn't get them the news stories they want to, the fear in which they put in. This kind of story right here is what they want. They want to say, hey, we hacked Boeing, and there's no if, ands, or buts at this point, we don't know because we don't see the data. Uh, Boeing can't even say this isn't our data. This is the story they want um, because it gives people a, a, gets their name in the news. It gets fear about the group. And then later on, if it comes up, oh, they didn't have lock, they didn't have uh, Boeing's. They had some third party thing. That's less story for them. So take some of these leaks with a grain of salt. But when I hear more, we'll talk about it because I'm curious to, how the Boeing or one of its um, vendors was hacked and how this got here. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll follow up with that uh, as soon as I get more information. But it is a fascinating story to watch that a big um, company like Boeing, and since I said we talked about Airbus two two weeks ago, three weeks ago, so sometime within the last month, um, this is very interesting. Now for our final story. Uh, and this is an interesting one because right now it's only affecting one country, Italy. But the way I see this, I can see this tactic spread. Because it's very simple and very clever. And with some of the tech shakeups that have been going on, this might be a pretty good tactic to use. So well, the, the, the reporting on this actually comes from Cluster 25, which is a cybersecurity company. Uh, and they found a malicious campaign linked uh, to LinkedIn. And it uses LinkedIn messaging as a vector for executing identity theft attacks against other people. So how the attack works is they compromise a LinkedIn account. They send messages to users. Uh, these users end up being the, the people they're trying to victimize. They're aiming to compromise those accounts. They're stealing cookies, session data, and browser credentials. 
And they're doing this by sending PDF job offers. PDFs, you know, I I feel like it's one of those things where it's such a heavy, um, heavily used tactic for attacks recently. I feel like we've been talking more and more about them. Um, but it's naturally not the PDF itself that's infected. Um, it actually, the PDF has hyperlinks to URLs. And they, they set this up like, hey, we want to offer you a job here. Um, go to this page. The first link they give you actually is a login page for whatever company they're pretending to be. It has a login and registration forms. And it's really kind of a clever way of um, pretending to be a site. You know, so the login page looks exactly like you would expect the company who's pretending to, you know, go after you. And the funny thing is this, this page works. The login, you can register. It allows, you, it allows the quote-unquote candidates to submit their resumes and cover letters. And then there is a second link. And this second link is where really the dangerous part. It is the zip archive. It has three MP4 files and two executable files that look like they're Word documents. They pretend to be Word documents. And this is where the ducktail malware is actually in. Um, and it gives it some automated functionality. It executes um, Facebook business hijacking attacks. And attackers uh, have access to the emails associated with that Facebook business. And as I said, right now, this is only in uh, Italy for Italian companies. Um, but we do have two uh, IOCs in the show notes, which I recommend you go and look. Just to, if you're if you're overly cautious like me, prep yourself for. Um, but this is not necessarily a new attack. This is we've seen people pretend to create LinkedIn accounts that look like they're people of a company. In fact, most organizations I have have had a couple uh, different people pretend to work for a company, and then start adding people from that company to kind of blend in. Um, and it's an interesting tactic because then they get people like, oh, well, you know, this is just Bob in, in, in accounting. And if you don't look at your company's organization, especially if it's a big company, um, you may not know that Bob doesn't really exist. You only just see him on LinkedIn. It says his job title. Everything else is around that profile that, that looks like someone who works at the company you work for. And these are just to gain, you know, a trust in there. Well, we both work for the same company. This is similar to that, but this is saying, hey, I got a job offer for you. Just fill this information out. Take a look at these links um, and, and it'll, you'll learn everything you want to know. And this is kind of the same thing. It, it, if people are out of a job right now and they're looking really heavily for a job, these kind of social engineering tactics work. And they will trick you into whatever they need. They'll set up a fake interview if, if it gets you to click on the links. Um, and this is why you have to think about this. You know, LinkedIn is, is a great place. Don't get me wrong. I love LinkedIn. Um, but like any social media site, and this one's more obviously geared towards businesses, any kind of site, they're going to use something to leverage to kind of get you to fall into their trap. And if you're looking for a job, who's going to turn down a chance to apply for a job, especially if it's like a really good, you know, good sounding job or meets your needs or they're going to pay you you know, more than what you should be making. I mean, just take caution in whatever LinkedIn communications you get uh, around job offers. And as I said, the, the, the one that, that, that hosts 
the DuckTail malware is actually just a OneDrive link. It's Microsoft's actual link. Um, now, I'm sure by the time that this is posted, or probably even by the time I've recorded this, it has probably been scrubbed away. Um, but this goes to show you, they will use stuff that you're familiar with. They will use legitimate websites where possible to trick you to download this stuff. Um, so run it through a virus checker. If, if not, if not, you don't have one on your computer, there's always something like virus total. Run it against virus total. See if something kicks off um, in there so that you can make sure you're not opening or using oh, you know, dangerous files and they're targeting your want to just work. Um, very dangerous. But like most social media, they're going to pressure you to do it quickly. They're not going to give you time to think. Those should be red flags in your head, especially if they're offering you something that is crazy compared to what you currently do or what you've currently done. If you're looking for a job, you know, let's say your salary was, you know, $80,000 and all of a sudden they come in and say, oh, we'll give you 120. Be cautious. I'm not saying their jobs out there are not like that, but definitely be cautious, especially if they've reached out to you and you didn't reach out to them first. Just red flags you may see out there. Once again, it's possible some company just tries to reach out and grab you, but more likely just take the caution in it. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget, you can go to cybersecuritynewsbyte.com, click on the top uh, story, which will be this one, episode 73, and you can see all the show notes, uh, including the links that I got these stories from so that you're able to see more information about them. Sometimes there's one, sometimes there's two links to give you a little more in-depth on the data that I pulled. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to my website, jimguckin.com. And if you want to talk to me, give me show ideas, give me criticisms, tell me you like the show, however you want to do it. Um, you can always email me, emmy at jimguckin.com. Don't forget, if you find this show on one thing, you, it, we're on all the podcasting sites. So please uh, make sure you, you give us a like or stars or, you know, comment if you can. Let us know uh, what you think about the show or what we can improve about the show. Any kind of interaction works. That's it for this week. Make sure you stay safe online and we'll talk again next week. You've been listening to the Cybersecurity News Byte with Jim Guckin. Learn more about our show at cybersecuritynewsbyte.com. 